0: Kids, you can be dismissed to kids worship.
1: Thank you.
2: All right. We're going to have a little different service today. I'm going to spend about 15 minutes or so uh, sharing a few things, and then we're going to have um, Pastor Olson, Ice, and Rudy come up, and we're just going to, we'll probably pull the seats up here and uh, spend a few minutes each uh, talking and sharing some things. But we have so much to be grateful for, don't we? Uh, God has done exceeding above all that we could ask or think in the last three years. And we're so grateful to him. We're indebted and uh, we're excited about the future. I thought it would be good for us. Uh, of course, we've had some some changes this year um, and they've been wonderful changes, bringing Matt and Diane out and our church calling them and uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, Matt's teaching and preaching over the last three weeks and uh, we'll continue to enjoy that and, and grow And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But uh, I thought it would be good for us as a church family. Where where do we go from here? Where do we go? Uh, It's been three years, and God's done great things, but but where where do we go? And as I thought about that question over the last several weeks, and uh, God was stirring my heart and doing things in me, and realized that really uh, we as a church family need to go back to the pillars that we have been established on. Uh, and that we have been uh, highlighting over the last three years. And I thought it would be good for us and, and good for me to share, again, why we worship, why we grow, why we serve, and why we proclaim. Uh, you see that as you walk in the auditorium. You see those banners there. Sometimes they're, they're there every week, and we just gloss over them. You see it in the bulletin. Uh, you see it in our Monday memo. You see it on, on, on everything we do. We have this, we worship, grow, serve, and proclaim. And as I thought about it again and and prayed about these concepts, why did God bring us to those four words at the beginning of this church plant? I thought it would be good for us to go over it again. I remember a little over three years ago agonizing about the purpose statement and mission of Valley Community Church. And so my wife and I, we prayed, our family would talk about it. The six, seven men that we met with at Starbucks every Friday morning, we would pray and talk about And We just want to really pinpoint this and make sure we are biblical. It's accurate. It's the way God wants us to go. And we came to the conclusion that everyone, each individual that we impact, everyone that comes in contact with Valley Community, it is our prayer that they end up worshiping God growing in their knowledge of him, serving him, serving one another, serving our community, and then proclaiming the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the mission of our church. And it's interesting when you come to the term worship, the very beginning term, we were and are created to worship God, aren't we? We've been created to do that. That, that's why God had this whole, uh, this is why he created us, so that he would receive worship and glory that is due his name. And so that was the why. And you think back to when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they had perfect, sweet communion and fellowship with God. They worshiped him in the beauty of holiness. It's the passage that I read this morning in Psalm 96. That phrase is used four times in the Old Testament. We're to come to God and worship him in the beauty of of holiness. And when Adam and Eve made the choice to disobey God, they made the choice to embrace sin, to embrace death. They also made the choice that they could no longer worship God in the beauty of holiness. And so you see the immediate promise of the Redeemer. In Genesis 3.15, you see the promise that a Savior would come. And you see it in the lives of Cain and Abel. You remember the story of Cain and Abel, how they each, uh, Adam and Eve's first two sons, how they came before the Lord and they each brought an offering before the Lord. and, and, And Cain brought of the fruits of the ground, the fruits of his own labor. And he came before the Lord and said, would you accept the fruits of my labor? And God said, no, but he accepted Abel's offering because Abel had taken a lamb and had slain the lamb and offered the slain lamb as a sacrifice before the Lord. And God accepted his sacrifice, just picturing the lamb of God who would come and take away the sins of the world. And so Abel was then able to worship God in the beauty of holiness, not his own holiness, but the holiness of the promised one who would come. And so we see it at the very beginning, you see the in order to come to God in worship, in the beauty of holiness, you see it when the Israelites were in the land of Egypt and Moses had come and he was going to lead them out. And you remember the 10 plagues and the last one, the plague of death, where the firstborn of every household was going to die. So Moses went to the Israelites and he said, you, each of you need to slay a lamb and take the blood of that lamb and put it upon the doorposts and upon the, the doorframe of your house. And when the death angel comes, he will pass over you when he sees the blood of the lamb. Picturing how we are to come to God through the blood, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's how we come to him and worship him. And when we gather together on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, remember, you remember John the Baptist as Jesus came and, and John said, behold, the lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And he did that through his shed blood, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so, when we come together on Sunday morning, corporately like this, all of us gathered together, and we lift our hands and our voices in praise to the Lord and we worship him, we're actually doing it in the beauty of holiness because if you've come through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, when God the Father looks upon you, he sees you as holy, set apart from sin, no stain of sin upon you, you can come to God and worship him in holiness. And so that's the first really step to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, to be able to worship him as you were created to do. And that's our desire for, for our community and for our loved ones, for our neighbors, for our friends, for the people we come in contact with is that they would come to really do what they were created to do, which is worship and praise God. And so that's why we put that as number one. But I think just naturally, biblically, as you look at the scriptures, a byproduct of coming to God through Jesus Christ is then the desire to know Him and to get to know who He is and to understand and to, to, to gaze at His characteristics and His attributes and learn about His names and, and, and to dive into His Word and begin as the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and actually impacts us and changes us, we begin to grow. And I think that's just a byproduct of worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness through Jesus Christ is that we then grow as believers in him. Now, if you're like me, you like to grow quickly. I want things to move fast. I want to see things grow quickly. You know, really fast. I'm used to microwaves. You know, I like to heat up the oatmeal like I did this morning for Josiah to put that in and just the right amount of water, stir it up, stick it in the microwave a minute. Oh, five. And it comes out just perfect and it's done. And he sits down and eats it, pour a little milk in there and 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 get the spoon out. And he looks up and says, thanks, dad. And it's done fast. And we like that, don't we? We like instant stuff. We like quick growth. But as I was contemplating upon that, you know, growth just rarely happens quickly. I I don't know of growth that happens fast. And I'm not just talking about our church growing numerically, but just growth as a, uh, just a concept. Growth doesn't happen quickly. I remember when Michael was born. uh, I don't know how it was, nine pounds, six, nine pounds, one ounce. When Michael was born, he's just this little bundle of joy. and, And now he's like, you know that didn 't happen overnight it wasn 't like we woke up the next morning and there and there he was, six foot three It, it, it took a lot of time and so illustration of this, Tim you can go ahead and play it. you can kind of see found this on youtube it 's just a silly illustration, but it, it gives you the idea i mean this this doesn 't happen i mean when you when you this summer go to plant your roses this isn't, this isn 't going to happen this fast, and growth takes time, and sometimes it 's even painful. We have one little boy in our house who gets those leg Cramps at night; those growth cramps. And he comes in and says, "My legs are killing me." Well, you're growing, and it's taking time. Well, I wanted to hurry up. Well, growth takes time. And as we spend time in God's Word, as we spend time in the local church, as we spend time with one another, as we spend time with God, we grow. Like Matt pointed out in his sermon series, sermon a couple of weeks ago, Philippians one six, He who began That good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You are going to grow as a believer in Jesus Christ. I love Psalm 1. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man's delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season. His leap also shall not wither and whatever he does will prosper. It's growth. And so that's our desire for you. It's my desire for myself, my family, for our church is that. We, we come to God and worship him in the beauty of holiness through the Lord Jesus. And then we grow in our faith and we put down roots as we spend time with the Lord. And, and that's kind of the, the, the next step. That's the loving God part, isn't it? Worshiping him and getting to know him. And then the other two words that you'll see regularly around our church is, is after you worship the Lord, as you're worshiping Him, it's, it's not just Sunday morning, but 24-7, that we, we can worship God in whatever we're doing. That's not against Scriptures, obviously, but we worship the Lord, we're growing in Him, and then there's just this natural byproduct of wanting to serve. Where, where can I help? What can I do? Where, Lord, what would you have me to do? As we hear that cry so often in the Scriptures, Lord, what would you have me to do? What, what, is, what is your task for me? Who can I help? Who can I love? Who can I minister to? And this desire to serve people and serve our community, it just fleshes our, itself out in so many different ways. I mean, all of us have differing gifts and differing opportunities and, and uh, backgrounds and, and ways that we can minister and serve the Lord and serve our community. I mean, little things like this parade of lights. I mean, I think it was really important for our church to show commitment. And Diana reminded me of that this, this Friday night. I was kind of getting in the truck. I was man, that was a bust and she's like well you know honey it's important for us to show commitment to the, the city of louisville we were one of six floats <laughs> i think last year there was 45 you know or so I, you know so show commitment and and that, hey we're here to serve we're here to 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 love this community and and to serve where we're needed and i think that's just a natural the, the progression we worship god we come to know him and we serve him And then lastly, to proclaim, and and this is a word that uh, means to herald. It means to to preach. And there's so many different ways to do that. You can stand up like this in front of uh, people and and proclaim the truth, or you can do that in your 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 work with the, the your your fellow employees or your neighbors or your 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 friends and your family and just looking for opportunities to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do that with our hands and with our feet as well as our lips to be able to tell people that God loves them and that there is hope. This life isn't all there is. And we have a wonderful opportunity to do that as a church family. And so worship, grow, serve, and proclaim. And we've got some unique things coming up in 2014 that we're going to share with you here in a little bit as the guys come up. Uh, You guys want to go ahead and come on up. But a couple of those things... um, That we wanted to share regards to the worship. Our corporate worship is so vital. This Sunday morning time, uh, we don't have a facility. Obviously, we don't have a place that we meet, and we can, uh, you know, when we gather like this all together, we have to we have to rent the facility. We have to make it accessible. We have to make it ready, and so we want this Sunday morning time, from the time you pull in the parking lot to the time you leave, we want to maximize every last minute of it. And so, one of the things that we'd like to tweak for this coming year, starting the first Sunday in January, is we like to tweak the time. Many of you know that we have a time of fellowship in the morning prior to the service. It starts at 9:45, and it goes right up until 10:30. And there's coffee and donuts, and and uh, just a you know the, the bookstore and the libraries out there with all types of great titles and. Um, of course we have the information table there with with in, all kinds of information regarding the church and that 9:45 to 10:30 time of fellowship out there is just a time that we believe is critical and uh the nature of the way things are and getting up in the morning and getting to church we understand that sometimes it's difficult to get here and many of us get here at ten twenty five, ten thirty, 1030, ten thirty two. 10 um i i wish uh um tyler and paula were here cuz i'd, I'd Say ten thirty six, and you know, uh, but but you know, we, we get here. It's just, it's just tough on Sunday morning. So what we thought is we'd like to re- we'd like to reverse that, and we'd like to have the service a little bit sooner in the morning, and that way there's more time for fellowship at the end of the service. As what we're finding, as many of you know, is that we finish the service typically at noon, and with Matt preaching now, it's been a little later, but uh, no. Okay. Uh, but uh, we finished the service, and then we love to fellowship. I mean, we hang out, right? We're we're in here in the in the in the seats, or many of us go out there, and we like to hang out and talk. And how's everyone doing? And and uh, then all of a sudden it's 12:30, and, and Pastor Earl's turning the lights off and telling everybody to leave. And and that's not really good for building a church, right? Hey, you all need to leave. The the doors closing. And so we were thinking that it'd be better if we started our service instead of 10:30 to start the service at 10 o'clock in the morning so 10 o'clock in the morning it would go till twelve thirty, or no till eleven thirty, and then we'd have a whole hour afterwards to have our coffee and donuts and fellowship and just really kind of hang out in here with the majority of us uh, before lunchtime so and you don't want to eat too many donuts
0: and beat the catholics to the restaurants yes oh yes catholics and lutherans are always beating me down. yes so, okay
2: so that's the idea so i guess i'm done so no i'm just kidding so uh, that was kind of the the thinking behind that, and and we'd like to start that. Of course, you know with a church plant, one of the one of our famous words around here that we said is just get used to change because this is our third building, right? It's our third facility, and uh, we've we've had to tweak things and uh, and so being flexible is part of it. But well, we thought let's try it, let's give it a shot this year. The ten o'clock service, change everything to ten o'clock, and that means backing the youth and the children up to nine fifteen. But that would give us that. That whole extra time period when the service is over, you don't feel like you just man the lights are turning out. I got to get out of here, and I can't even access the library or the bookstore or the information table. It gives us some extra time. Any comments on that before we? I'll say one thing because
0: so um, the the bookstore resource has been a wonderful thing, and there's been a lot of time and effort. And probably there's a third of you that haven't had a chance to even look at it much. There's new resources they put out there. Um, You can say something later about the small groups, some books that we have out there in the next coming small groups. But they have to be out at 1230. So 1210, 1215, they're closing it down. And it's an important resource that we want you to have. And um, the Hoffmans have done a wonderful job, too, at the welcome table. There's stuff there. There are resources for you, so we want you to have time to have that. Yeah, that's great.
2: So we will do that the first Sunday in January. You'll have plenty of notice. We'll put it in the Monday memo. We'll have it on the, the Facebook page. We'll have it on our website. Um, this is a, you know, it's a, it's a change. It is, anytime you, you make a time change, it is a big one. Uh, we feel like um, you know, 10 o'clock is not too early. Uh, someday in the next six months when we're going to two services because we're kicked out of it, you know, we're having so many people, we may have to change it again. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we feel like this is going to enable us to fellowship longer and maximize our time here when we gather together like this, so. any other comments on on that? We'll have,
3: we'll have cookies and donuts instead of, uh, or <laughs> cookies and coffee instead of cookies instead of donuts and coffee, <laughs> and that way the kids won't scarf up all the donuts and leave none for the adults either. So,
0: Good. will we still have coffee at the beginning? Yeah, we'll still have coffee at the beginning. Okay, so there'll still be coffee before the service. That's important. with extra caffeine now. Yeah, right. Because I know that none of you ever in your normal life get up before nine thirty? So it's probably going to be a really big deal to get here at 930 because yeah. the rest of the week you probably don't ever have to do that. So it'll be a new thing for you.
2: All right. Well, I, I thought we'd take a few minutes and just uh, in, in light of the worship, grow, serve, proclaim. It's interesting, those four pillars, uh, talking to Matt, this uh, you know, this whole process of them coming out here. And when I shared with him those four pillars, he was, you know, he's just uh, looking into that, thinking about it, and, and, and he, he come, coming up the last couple of weeks and just saying, I just can't imagine for better words to describe what we're doing. Matt, you want to comment on that just a little bit?
4: Yeah, I think that you try to keep it simple because the church can tend to get so complex, and you're talking about, you know, your top 100 things, and pretty soon nothing becomes important. And to reduce our mission so much that we can't articulate really what we do would, would be difficult or if we have so many things that, that uh, we really can't get, keep focused on. But I think they're just anchor points for us as a church, and we'll never tire of these because they, they bring us back to what we need to be about as a church.
1: So
0: in that, we'll go kind of each and just touch a little bit on that. You know, the worship part, um, Mike just um, expressed our heartbeat on that. And uh, I get this when I go out, uh, what do you do? That's a lot of questions people ask you, what do you do? And you kind of think, I don't know actually how to sum that up in the next minute. But you see the title that you have this worship pastor, right? Everybody kind of now knows what that means, the guy that does the music. One of the reasons I struggle with that phrase is I feel like that's what we all do. We, we lead the church in worship, and as pastors and elders, and there's not one guy or one time that we worship. But what I do want is I want the time in music to be worship. And we'll all just maybe touch on our areas, but in my particular growth in life is I want it to be so much a time packed with worship to God. I don't want it to become something that we go through the motions. I don't want it to be where the words no longer impact us. I don't want the music to be boring, and so the words are powerful, but the music is just like, ugh. And I just want you to know from our area of group in the area of worship, the music team, I'm so grateful to God for them because they have a heart for worship. And I hope that's translated to you. One of the things we get from visitors when they come up and talk, they always talk to the guy that stands in the middle, so we probably should rotate who on the music team gets to be in the middle. And you can answer all their hard questions that they ask. But one of the things we get from people that visit is, I love how your music team is engaged in worship. It doesn't seem like a performance to them. And mainly, it doesn't seem like a performance because we're not that professional. (laughs) We're just, you know, doing our thing. We make mistakes. Some of you catch them. Some of you don't. But I love their heart. We spend time and we pray on Sunday morning. The emails that we talk about, we talk about the words of the song and the impact of the song. If we don't get anything out of it, I want the text to draw our hearts to who God is. And we always talk about the music and the expression in us. Is just a reflection of the text in the song, and um, your first Sunday here, we had a couple of families visit. They are Coloradoans. I don't know how you say that, <laughs> Coloradans. I am not obviously, and they had they know who you were, and they came and visited. And one of the families came up, and they're just like, I felt like after the music, we could go home, like it was just <laughs> like awesome. And I'm like, but didn't you come to hear Matt speak? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we did do that. And they, But they, they went through the music team, and they talked about just the expression of their heart, and then there was a couple songs they talked about. And I wanted it to be like that. And then when the preaching and the teaching comes along, it's just like an extension of the continued arm of worship. That's my area in the worship, but I hope that it continues to be that way.
2: Thank you, Paul. David has uh, been... Working with our teens now for almost three years, and and uh, growing, him and Julie are just doing a wonderful job with the kids, and um, and I I, we, I get the privilege of having extended conversations with David periodically, and and just to hear his heart about his, his desire to be a help to parents. And David, just maybe hit that mm-hmm. in regards to the, this matter of worship.
3: Absolutely. And just to start out, I think one of the really worst things a student pastor, student ministry can do is create create an atmosphere where the children or the teens think that they have their own church, they have their own way of doing things, and it's disconnected with what the rest of the body is doing. So so everything that we do with the youth group and all the way down to even with the kids is to integrate the worship, grow, serve, proclaim. The same thing the church is doing, we want that to just correlate and seamlessly trans- transition right into wit- what we're doing with the teens. So um, obviously, they're there worshiping with, with the parents. Um, <clears throat> they're growing. We're working with them and, and with their own personal growth, whether it be on Sunday nights or whether it be just going to, going to lunch over at McDonald's or uh, going over to Ma- Boulder and mountain climb, just all those kind of things. We're working on the growth. Um, The serving and proclaiming, we work on having activities where they serve in the community. They go to the Boulder Boulder and and hand out music downloads that have a gospel message on them. They they proclaim as well. Um, So that's that's where the student ministry just fits with the overall aspect of the whole church. We don't want to, like, compete with anything the church is doing. We want that to work in perfect harmony. And obviously with the parents... um, I have the philosophy of ministry that I'm here to assist the parent as the primary disciple maker of their child, of their teenager. So, you know, we're working on the schedule to make sure that that works in harmony with family schedules. We don't want to compete with a family schedule. We just want—I want to be Julie and I both want to be as big of a big of a help and just a supporter to the parents as we possibly can. Also, throw out all those articles on the Tuesday touch points and. <clears throat> I, there's a lot of them that I think would, oh yeah, that looks cool. That would be interesting for them, but then I'm thinking, well, you know they're busy. They have they, I, I need to prioritize and give them exactly uh, what I think would be the best possible use of their time for them to be a better parent.
0: If you don't have a teen, but you're going to, you should get on the uh, E52 Tuesday touch point, I'm on that. You should get on it early. It's good. And if you have a four or five year old or a seven or eight year old, get on it now, and then able to have less problems later with your child. No, but seriously, it's good. If you're not right, if you're not getting it, you should. And if you're like, I messed up before, now I want to see, you know, what I was really supposed to do. You should be on it too. It's great. So if you're in sixty-five years old, get on the t- Tuesday Touchpoint for Teens.
2: Julie does a great it's, job with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt, you want to touch on worship?
4: The, on worship, well, whatever you want. To talk okay, about, okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm doing my best to lead. Okay, yeah. the the word that I thought to communicate was the word grow, and the growing part of this I church. Let's go there next. Because, as we look at all four components, I think all of them are essential. But God wants His church to grow. I think it, all through the New Testament, you're going to see that the church should be growing, changing, maturing, developing. And there are a lot of ways that we grow. When I first say grow to you, you may think of numerical growth, and that happened in the early church. We can think of financial growth, which we're going to talk about our budget and vote on a budget. That's a step of faith that we need to grow financially. Uh, we grow with programs and ideas and ways to be able to help people um, move forward in their Christian walk. There's so many, many ways to grow. But my real burden for this coming year of 2014 is that every single person here grows spiritually in their walk with God. Because if that's taking place, if every man and every woman and every teen and every child is moving forward, growing in their faith in Jesus Christ, then all those other areas are going to grow. It'll be really bearing a lot of fruit. And so as we look forward to 2014, keeping it simple, and I love that, that Mike has always had that in his mind. We're not just going to just give more and more programs and more and more things to do and to, to busy the schedule, that, but that for every one of your children, every one of your teens, uh, even for us as pastors, that our lives are changing. We are growing. We are not the same. And I don't know how you look at 2013 you're coming to the conclusion of it how have you grown have you have you really grown have you developed has your life changed are you different now than you were a year ago I think I, we can all comfortably say that is God's will for his church to grow but I think when we focus on that through God's word and through corporate worship I believe small groups is a is a great way to grow one-on-one discipleship all of these ways that we can see that accomplished so That's what I'm praying, that that God would help us really be advancing and moving forward as pastors, as leaders, husbands and wives, as children. And wouldn't it be exciting next year for you to look at your kids and say, you know what, I've really seen the gospel connect in new ways with them, and I've seen them grow. We've grown in our marriage. We've grown in our walk with God. We've grown in our love for the Lord. And then, you know what, we'll look around, and we'll we'll see that there are more seats that are filled here, (laughs) and the budget has gone up. And we're advancing the gospel in the city. And we'll be growing in other ways as well. But that's that—that's my, my I think real that's, burden.
2: That's the theme that we, uh, of the four words for 2014, uh, we feel like we want to focus on that one. Grow. And how that's going to look tangibly, as Matt said, is for all of us to be individually walking with the Lord, spending time with Him. Uh, but then as a church family, what we thought we'd do with our small groups for January through April Um, The dates are coming. I guess we're about five weeks away, six weeks away from our first week of small groups, six weeks away. Um, We thought this section of small groups, this session, uh, that Matt would lead a small group, David would lead one, Paul would lead one, and I will lead one. And we're going to be doing the same uh, theme, the same book. Uh, It's a book entitled Love Walks, Walked Among Us. And uh, it, we're going to have one down south, one up north, one east, and one west, like we uh, historically have done. Uh, but really, really looking for as many of you that can partic- participate as possible. So we'll probably have them on, I uh, imagine, different nights. We'll, we'll, we'll communicate that. Different but, nights um, in different locations, obviously. Yeah, different locations. And, uh, but uh, just a time of uh, all of us, you know, the, the small group, it's just different than Sunday morning. It's just different than than serving somewhere out in the kids. It's a time we can come together and, uh, you know, relationships can be enhanced, can be developed, we can bear burdens, we can pray together. There's just something about the small group. And so for uh, January through April, that, that session of small group, uh, the four of us will be leading one each and uh, we just look forward to a, a grand time together in that aspect of our church growth.
0: And, you know, since Matt has come, We talked a lot about this, and uh, I just, a side note to that before I say that, we as a staff have been so blessed to have him here. I I don't know that you can see the direct impact you hear him preach, but to have our hearts and our minds continually challenged on what does God have, what is our focus, and, and we've been continually having that conversation. and And... Matt's been a huge blessing to that. One of the phrases he used in the last couple weeks is the small groups being the lifeblood of the church. It really is where it takes place. If you're just doing Sunday morning corporate worship, you're really missing out because growth in the small groups, growth in small groups of community, uh, it is just a wonderful and powerful thing to be able to dig into God's word deeper with other believers is a great impact in your life. But I think we did a couple of years ago um, a small group on living in community. I think you led that. I don't remember what book it was. But um, God did not design us to do it ourselves. He didn't. He, he designed it to do it with him and with others. And somebody jump in on that too, because I I, I was really blown away on that light blood of the the, church.
4: One of the things, and I've known Mike longer and know him better, because we've we've stayed in touch with Mike and Diana through through the years. But when I got here, I wonder how in the world do these guys do this? I mean, they are just going 24-7 with more than is humanly possible to get done. And I think that my my coming here is not just helping with the load, but helping develop leaders within the church. This is one of the results of growth. I, I told Mike this that my passion for preaching, teaching the word, but my greatest love is discipling men. And nothing against the women, because I think that's part of the, you know Diane does a lot of that, and we all do that. But but really helping men to grow and develop and mature. Mm-hmm their homes, their marriages, and leading in the church. Because the stronger we can become with leaders, men, women, and young people growing up into teens, we were talking yesterday about these teens taking adult responsibility, you know, not not just kind of being having fun through the teen years, is really growing and maturing into leaders. And the stronger we can become with leaders, and I'm not talking about a position of leadership or a title. I'm talking about a life that walks with God that can influence others and encourage others to walk with God. A leader to me is someone who walks with God and encourages is able to encourage others to do the same you don 't need a title or a position to be able to do that. The more leaders we develop through the church, the stronger we 'll be able to be in, the, in, the, in the, a foundation it will have so I, am, I do believe the small group the, the the worship time is wonderful the the preaching. I uh, hope that you get something out of that, and, and and the other guys will be preaching too. But the interaction that we have in the small group and then the, the one-on-one, three, three guys, three women discipleship is really the lifeblood of the church because that's how we start talking about life, how it applies, what we're struggling with, how we failed, mm-hmm. how we're going to move forward. And I'm very excited about the coming year. We're excited to have you. For sure, I mean, I, I hope been, somebody
0: comes to our small groups. I, yeah, <laughs>
2: I hope someone comes to my small group. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we we just for I mean, just um, the way God has led, the way He's grown this church, the way He continues to, I, it's I still we wake up. Some Diana and I just said last week, we still pinch ourselves and just uh, each one of you, each one of you, were direct answer to prayer. Direct answer to prayer. And uh, we're, we're just thrilled. So I interrupted you. Were you gonna say? Yeah, Dave, yeah, Dave, yeah. just two, two
3: thoughts on growth as well. I mean, Julie and I talk about this a lot where, wow, there's some people in the church we just don't feel like we know. We just don't know them well enough yet. Like we want to get to know them more. And you have two types of growth that go on in the small groups. You have just the interpersonal inward growth where you can actually connect with people in the church that you have never been able to connect with only on Sunday morning or only at a service activity. When when if you can pick a small group where you're like, all right, I'm gonna meet some new people in this church that I don't really know well enough yet. Small group is the place to do it at. And then also just the the outreach aspect and the our, our growth in our church itself, like we can get people to come to small group much easier then we can get them to come on Sunday morning. If, if they're not used to coming to a church on Sunday morning, it's way easier to have them come to a Thursday night small group than it is to have them wake up early Sunday morning and show up for a worship service. So I think that's a prime opportunity for our church to, to see more people, hear the gospel, to advance the gospel just by simply using this as an outreach as well. Invite your neighbors and your friends to the small groups. That's
2: good. Well, the other half of our church just came in. Um, but we have a, a couple other things we need to talk about. One of those things, since the children came in, it reminded me, is we just finished up our three-year curriculum that we had done since the beginning of the church with the kids called Generations of Grace, and, and then Diana led through the summer uh, another eight-week curriculum, and uh, we're just getting ready to start in the first week of January with a organization, a program called Truth Trackers, and specifically designed for the kids of our church, and they are going to thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, we have a number of couples that have uh, indicated a desire to help with this, and we're trying to do this on a, uh, a rotation basis so no one is in there every single Sunday. Our desire when it comes to program and ministry on Sunday morning is that everyone, for the most part, uh, has an opportunity to be in here on Sunday morning. So when we do have uh, programs that are going on um, parallel to this, we want adults to rotate in and out of those Positions, thinking of the, the nursery and the children's ministry. Uh, so, we do have a number of couples, but we have uh, five or five or six right now couples, and we could use a couple more. So, if you're interested, uh, you can talk to Diana about that. What does that entail? And uh, we can get information to you. Paul, do you want to talk about that for a second? Anyone. Yeah,
0: not just yeah. couples. A yeah. Couple.
2: Right. Talk about true Yeah, go ahead.
0: So um, our passion is discipleship. And we want to assist and help parents in the discipleship process. And one of the things that we can do that is through our children's ministry. And so we want it to be an assist. We don't want to do it for you. We want to be an assist to help you as you disciple your children. So we have two times on Sunday morning and what that looks like. And I want us to think in reference to that pre-service and then when we dismiss the kids, the kids' worship, how we're going to use truth trackers. Truth trackers is the truths of God's Word in question form. So basically, each lesson is a question And the answer to the question is a scripture verse that specifically answers that question, who is God, or the lesson that we went through um, together had to do with God's sovereignty. Is God in control of all things? How is God in control of all things? And the lessons go through that, and it is a curriculum that we will use, and you will start to see your kids understand their faith, not in just reasoning of their mind, but what is the truth of God's word say about that idea. So how we would like to do that is the Sunday morning pre-service time. We call it Kids Explore. It's in the loft right now. It's going to be a just an interactive time for the students that they can come in and have a craft or something specifically that's going to be about the lesson that day. And then we have Kids Worship. And in Kids Worship, it'll be on the theme of the week. And how that theme is going to look is there will be a scripture memory verse each week. And we will have the opportunity for your kids to each week have a verse that they will be memorizing. What we love about this is the whole family is memorizing the same verse. If you have a five-year-old, same verse. If you have a seven-year-old, if you have a fifth grader, it's the same theme verse. And it's a little bit shorter for the younger, but a little bit more Complex for the Older, the same verse that they will be thematically memorizing, and it is what the lesson is about for that day. And we're going to have a reward system. We don't want to get into that too much today, but there'll be <laughs> rewards that kids will be earning for that. And there'll be rewarding, earning rewards for just being here, for bringing God's word, for memorizing the scripture. But then the most powerful impact of this, if you are like, I really want a tool to disciple my children, there's a five-day devotional book that comes with it that the whole family can do, or you can do it one-on-one. And you've been working and talking a lot about this with the teens, getting into God's Word daily. This is an opportunity for your family to do that. All five lessons, or a little devotional, almost like a daily bread per day, every one of those is on the lesson of the week. And your child can have daily time with God, a scripture memory, and then on Sunday... You could take the whole package <laughs> and go for it all. If your kids already have something they're doing, you can take, hey, we're going to talk about the lesson this week or we're going to memorize the verse. I think it will be a great thing. It's a tool. It is not the answer. It's just a tool to help you disciple your children. And it will go through the whole year and we'll have each week will be a quarter. We'll have an emphasis. Each week will have an emphasis. So that's going to be truth, guys, a powerful thing.
2: Any other thoughts before we close?
0: Yeah, let's, uh, one other thing. Um, Let's talk about, real quick, because we're going to take the offering in a second, that you talked about this year, what does growth mean, and the step of faith, what that means. And I just want, before we have our last Songs of Worship and Offering, I think it would be good just for us to highlight the, the budget that we are presenting. We've talked about it as a step of faith. We talked about our staff meeting this week, and I I just have a quick thought, and I would like it maybe for Matt, Mike, David, to say something about it too, maybe if they have a thought about it. But I've thought about this, that practical and faith are very difficult things sometimes in our humanness to match up. God can do anything, and I firmly believe that. But you can touch on this maybe, what, what the impact of God being in this and what that's meant for you Specifically, because you've used that phrase about how you feel or you've prayed and God leading us into this. But a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation about this. And specifically, if I was a small business owner, would I invest in Valley? Have you ever thought about it in that way? In practical terms, if you, like someone set up what Valley is, the product is Jesus and the gospel, in your small business, it might be something else. Would it be something that you would want to invest in? And what are the areas that you would want to invest in this area of growth this year? And I really felt like when we talked about and prayed about Matt coming out, what does Matt add? Is it worth the step of growth? And, and it's, it's such a powerful thing to see God work and God leading. And when you just put it on a budget sheet in numbers – and it looks so black and white. Somebody rescue me here in the middle of this conversation. But it looks so black and white. And what does faith look like? How do you how do you put tangible in black and white faith? And so when you see what we're voting on and what it means, I always in my mind my whole life has worked like small business. And yet God can do anything. How, how, do I, how do I put those two things together? I mean, why don't we just make the budget 400000 for next year? Because God can do anything, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, wait. But the power of the gospel, the power of changing lives, and when Matt came on board and we're refocusing, what does that mean? Allowing Mike to do shepherding, uh, uh, freeing us up to do the gifts that God has given us. And somebody jump in this, because I I really
4: think it's something we need to talk about. I think a lot of us can think, well, why take a step of faith now? Because my friends would ask me, why would you go go in with a church plan at this point in your life? We never get away from taking steps of faith, whether you're 20 years old or 22 or you just got married or you're 90. The, the way of Christianity is living by faith. And faith is not easy. It, it really stretches you. But at the end of the day for, for us, as we pray through this, is God in this? That's the only question you've got to answer. I mean, if God is in it, and this is what God wants then yeah, it's impossible. Humanly speaking, it's a it's a stretch for Valley. It's a stretch for all three of these guys. It's it pushes us out of our comfort zones. It pushes our family out of its comfort zone. But if God's in this, then it's another platform for Him to demonstrate who He is and and what He does. And I believe with all of my heart that God has brought us together. And I'm very excited about the future and and i think that as we d- we do that we step out in faith you don't just go and say oh that's a great idea oh this is a great idea no you have to be a lot of prayer goes into it and collectively being convinced this is what god has for us but it'll it'll be a, it'll it's another growing
2: yeah opportunity. I, I just i go back to hebrews 11:1 you know the faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good report, talking about the, the you know, Joshua and Caleb and the elder. It, it, you you read that entire chapter Hebrews eleven, and you see men and women who God called to do a specific task, but yet didn't shine the light all the way down the path to show them the end result. I mean, if 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 God just said here's the answer, then there's no faith, right? Uh, and so I mean, with with Paul, you, many of you remember you were in that room when we passed the hat and said. What you know can we bring on Paul and the answer after we read all the numbers was no We can't bring Paul and Jill out here. So next day Paul and Jill. We got we got you come on out God can do this right David we can't we can't do this and 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 God's doing it We're bringing David on this year for a, a, a percentage of his salary and and for Matt and Diane. No, I mean humanly speaking
4: It's not possible one of the things, just to, but, to jump in, yeah. I know, you know you'll, you'll need yeah, to cut us off guess. when we yeah. need to get cut off, but what I've watched in the church is this division between clergy and laity, and I don't think it's a biblical division. Uh, we don't want to see how many pastors we can hire. It, it need, The health of the church is when when people are leading throughout the church. There, there are some people that will need to be... Every day of the week working on church related things, but the health and strength of this church is not the size of the staff. In fact, I would say we try to keep that as, as small as we can in the future, but there are certain parts of it that need that, that need to be there. But the future is building leaders within the congregation to be t- being able to take care of things and and not because a cer- certain person went to seminary or they're, they're a pastor are they in a different category? The church never was like that early on. That, that, that developed later. Mm-hmm. So I hope we can get back to where we're a body. We function. We have elders. We have deacons. We have church members functioning. And it's a plurality of elders, which is a different. It's a different. It's different for all of us. But I've become convinced that it's a we. It's not the senior pastor, one guy. It is working together as a body. And I think that provides a much healthier church not only for the present, but also for, for the days ahead. So I'll say this.
0: The story of faith in this venture this year is no different than the last three years. I mean, we finally got to the point where meeting the budget, you know, and for us, Jill and I coming out was a big step of faith. It was a big deal. And now we're finally getting paid full time. The, the heart says, don't add another guy. That puts us at risk again, right? (laughs) I want to get paid in 2015. But it's the story of faith. And you know what? The story of Faith of Valley is a Christian story. It is the story of the Scripture. Valley is just mirroring what you read the whole Old Testament and New Testament, the steps of faith that each person took because they believed in God. And it is something... That I do hope for, and it is not seen, and I'm excited because there is only one person that could do it. Gary, that's what you said in our meeting. The step of faith we're taking, only one person can do. And you think about that because if we set the budget for another step this year and it was, you know, we want to buy chairs, I think we could do that. And we could rally and buy chairs. We took a step of faith. These are nice chairs. Only, yeah, that only God can do and i'm excited to see what god's going to do in our worship i'm excited what to see in our growth i'm excited for you that are new that are going to find a place to serve and i'm excited for those that are going to be coming in here that are going to be claiming who christ is because they are coming to christ for the first time and if you haven't gotten a small group one of the reasons you should there's stories in here of people that you think have been christian for 30 years and it's only been a few. And God's done powerful things in their heart. And you've got to learn those stories. Because it's almost like reading the Bible. Because you're seeing what God miraculously is doing in people's lives. And I'm excited. So the budget's not black and white for me. The budget is just, I'm voting, I think God can do this. That's what I'm voting. I'm saying, propose this because God can do powerful things. One last thing. In our staff meeting, we talked about this year, this calendar year, three churches moved out and closed down in Louisville because it it wasn't it
2: wasn't working. Well, not because of finances.
0: No. Mm-hmm. So and there is it because everyone goes to church in Louisville? <laughs> I mean, there is people everywhere that need the story of the gospel they need the life transformation and valley's got to do it it's
2: great i'm done i've been in a lot of meetings where paul has said one last thing so i'm going to go ahead and take uh take this and, and close uh, our theme this for 2014 is growth and uh, individual growth as well as our church uh church family and in light of that we're going to go ahead and um pray together here to close the service uh, we will have our, our offering. And then also in the um, bulletin this morning, you received a ballot for the budget that was presented. Uh, it is aggressive. I think you get that. Um, we, do, we We are trusting God. We are going to pray and seek and serve and work and give. Um, and we are asking you as a church family to commit uh, to this. And um, let's just watch God do great things. And next year at this service, let's look back. And praise God for who he is again and for what he's done. And I'm looking forward to seeing God work. So if you did not, if you are a member of Valley Community Church and did not get one of those ballots, would you raise your hand and the men will give that to you. Men, come on down and give those ballots to those who need them. And then you three want to Yeah, they were in the bulletin. Yeah, they were in the bulletin.
0: And we're going to do one last song.
2: Oh, do we have time? Okay, great. (laughs) While they... Offering. Do you want to, you just want to do the song sing? now? Yeah,
0: come on up. We'll do the song okay, while you pray. The yep. They'll come up while you're praying. All we'll
2: right. sing while we take the offering and go. Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, uh, totally dependent. Um, our 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 hands, metaphorically speaking, right now are lifted up to you in just in humility in praise. And uh, Lord, we just simply ask, you know our hearts. You know that there's a a huge portion of us that wants to be spiritual, that wants to do right, that wants to worship and praise you. And yet we still wrestle with this human nature that we have that wants to go our own way. And we come to you on Sunday morning and we lift our hands and our hearts and we ask for your grace. Uh, Lord, it is all by grace that we're saved. It is all by grace that we can serve you It's all by grace that we can give. It's all by grace that we can uh, see this church flourish. And it it is only by that. And we rest in that today. Uh, Help us to refuse to live law, but to rest in grace. And Lord, today, as we take this big step, for us, it's huge. For you, it's no big deal. And we rest in that. We're thankful for what you'll do. In Jesus' name, amen
0: we're going to sing your name. I think it's later in the PowerPoint. Um, This is a uh, Christmas version of your name, and we'll let the PowerPoint get it up. Humbly to the earth you came. Sing with us. You can stand after you've received the offering or voted and sing with us.
1: Humbly to Yeah.
0: proclaim change our hearts change our lives thank you for 2013 the wonderful things you have done we look forward to 2014 and what god will do amen thank you see the welcome table the information table out
1: back for information